Welcome back to the You Can Homeschool podcast, where Pat Fenner and Tracy Hegerman candidly discuss all things homeschooling, the good, the bad, and the brilliant. Go ahead and grab your favorite drink, find a cozy spot, and join this week's lively discussion. Hey everybody, Pat Benner here again from Breakthrough Homeschooling and welcome back to You Can Homeschool where Tracy Hagerman and I have candid and real, <laughs> keeping it real here, conversations about homeschooling to encourage and inspire you. And today we're going to talk about, Tracy's going to start us off on the humorous side of homeschooling because I know right now many of you might be uh, you know, considering considering yourself in the in the trenches, and honestly, you may have a day or two where you don't find much fun in this, <laughs> fun or funniness in this, and so we want to encourage you uh, with the other side of the coin. Tracy and I have certainly had our laughs over the years with what we're doing, and including the ability to be able to laugh at ourselves. So, Tracy, hit us up with some humor in homeschooling. How? What's your experience been on that? Well, I always think like you have these best laid plans. So you plan out your day and you're going to be doing math and you're going to be doing a bit of reading and you're going to be doing all this stuff. And so you get into it and sometimes it's not what you expect. And I I was reflecting back recently on some of the more humorous moments of homeschooling. And so I wanted to share some of those with you. So if you're starting homeschooling and you're feeling like it's a lot, you know, when you're just first starting, it can be overwhelming. And especially if you're just suddenly thrust into it. So I want you to try and think of some, as you're going through it, the days that are tough to try and think, well, where's the humor in this? Or, you know, maybe try and think like, okay, it's okay. Not all days are going to be tough. So one of the things we did is um, my son really struggled with spelling and reading and writing for a number of years. So one of the things we did is we did find a, a spelling program that started to work for him, but it was, you know, spelling where I figured would take, you know, 10, 15 minutes was taking like an hour and it's like, this is just not working. So I said to him, you know, we don't need to make this a big deal. He was feeling really kind of down because even though he would really try, he didn't do well at, at it, right? And so one day I basically went over to the dress up box and was thinking, how can we make this more fun for him? So it's not this big chore every day. And, and I mean, at the time we were probably working on 10 words. It wasn't much, but it was just so tough for him. And so then I'm like, oh, you know, it doesn't matter to mom if you even get three right. I just wanted you to practice, you know, your letters and trying to sound them out and whatever. So I went over to our dress up box and I pulled out this piece of material. It was a rag from something. I don't know what it was. It was this orangey sheer material. And then I went over to the marker box and I took out a big red marker and I put two big S's on this basically rag. Mm-hmm. And then I tied it around his neck like a cape, okay? And I said to him, I'm like, if you try your best, at the end, you'll get to be a super speller. And I'm like, and it doesn't matter if you get them all wrong. The whole thing is a super speller tries and doesn't mm. complain 
and just does it. And so he's, he was all excited because I'm all like, but you can't like have the cape until you're, we're, we're done the lesson. Well, he must have done his lesson in like five minutes and it wasn't great, but he started running around, of course, and he's yelling, I'm a super speller, I'm a super speller. Now, you know, the silliest little thing, but the next time we did spelling, he's like, will I get to wear the super speller cape? Oh. And, and what this little simple thing where I was kind of frustrated thinking, what can we do to just make this a little better? He really took to it, but what came of it was I would put the cape beside and then I would tell him it was up to him to decide at the end of the spelling lesson whether he felt he should wear the cape because sometimes he still did complain or whatever. Mm -hmm. So he'd go, I really want to wear the cape, but I, I like complained or I didn't come like he was, you know, supposed to do it. And he's like, I don't think I should wear it today. And it was so difficult because I wanted to say, just put it on, but I didn't. I let him decide. And so more times than not, he wore the cape after. And this went on for a number of months. I, I don't remember exactly, but he inside learned that, yes, I did work hard today. I get that cape. I never told him whether he could have it or not. I always let him decide. And it was just this beautiful moment that came out of a real frustration. And it was basically a rag, <laughs> but on the spot. And so it was just one of those things, like when you're feeling frustrated in the moment, it's like, what can we do to lighten this up? And this was a surprise moment. It just worked. So I have a few more, but do you have a few you want to share? I just wanted to point out a couple of things though from those story, from that story is, uh, first of all, you didn't plan that. So, but your heart was open to it. And the question you were asking was, how can I make this more fun? You know, how can I lighten the mood? And I think that's really important because uh, as homeschooling parents, it's ridiculous to think, but we, we kind of depend on our kids to make it fun. It doesn't make sense, but we're waiting for them to laugh or bring the joviality or whatever to it. And there's, when they're struggling and they, and we all need the tension, we have to remember that we're the adults, that we're more aware of what's going on and what might be needed and asking the questions like you asked, how can I make this more fun? We can't put this on them, but it, this is on us to, to do that. And I love that you didn't plan that because that's really where the best moments come from. You know, when you just see a situation and you discover, you know, something and, and you, you're right, you can't plan those kind of things, but you have to be open to wanting to do that you know, if that makes any sense. And, you know, you were, you asked the questions, you fortunately had something right there that you could pull out and use. And he responded to it. And he responded to it because you know your child best and you, you know, there's no guarantee that they're going to click with whatever we come up with. But the more you know your kids, the better the chance because you have an idea of that. And you ran with it and he ran with it. And that is just so great. And how, what a fun story. I mean, I can picture, you know, <laughs> one of my kids running around with a super speller cape. I mean, it we had, we had other things too. Um, I was thinking about time, like I'm the type of person that I, I love going to the next thing. So, you know, working on some work and then, okay, great. We're done that. Let's move on. And I almost have this overlap because I get joy of moving on, like the journey. But I was really reminded by my husband where he's like, sometimes I just don't stop <laughs> mm. to 
enjoy the moment. So one of the things we used to do, um, we do unit studies. So all mm-hmm. the kids could be involved and we'd study like a, a period of time. So we were studying, let's say ancient Rome and at the, in the curriculum, it had suggested having an ancient Rome day. So you dress, you know, in the togas of the day and right. you make food, you know, so we had like all different olives that we had bought to try and figs and dates. And I don't remember what else. And so, you know, part of me was like, oh, it's so much work to get ready and let, let's get on to the next thing. Right. But mm-hmm. so important to celebrate as you go along. So we really decided to get into it. And so we, we removed our kitchen table and we put a piece of plywood on the floor as the table. And then we had a couple of old crib mattresses that I had kept because kids like to build forts or whatever in the basement with them. So Mm -hmm. we hauled those up stairs. And now the funniest thing is our front door, if you come in our front door, you can see like our whole seating area of our kitchen. It's at the back of the house, but you can see clear through. So we're in togas. We've got these different bowls of food with, I, I don't think we had cutlery because I don't think they use cutlery. We have these mattresses were laid out and then my husband gets home and he's looking and I'm like, you ready for dinner? And he's looking at us and I'm like, and you have to wear a toga. <laughs> <laughs> so we're, we're laid out on these mattresses eating with our hands in these togas. And so my husband, he was always great. He said he would always be coming home wondering what adventure you'd be walking into. (laughs) And then, so we're there. And then inside, I kept thinking, oh, wouldn't it be fantastic if someone rang the doorbell, right? Which didn't happen, but I- Oh, shucks. (laughs) Well, we actually took pictures of, of that and I have it in a scrapbook. And I'm so glad we did that because it's that snapshot in time as a family that we were enjoying something about homeschooling. So once we did that one time, we did it um, a few times a year with the different time periods we were in. And so made it fun. And they really look forward to that day. It was a celebration of the end of that unit, but they really got into it. But it took hours and hours to prepare. To prepare. But see, we, we must have done similar unit studies because I remember we, we, we were in a co-op and we did a, a Roman day like that, you know, and we memorized, you know, we had recitations and all kinds of stuff, you know, that well, so we'd all watch each other do things while we were reclining and oh so much fun we love doing that stuff and just an encouragement if you're listening to this and you're trying to figure out how to incorporate some kind of fun just keep your mind open to the concept of hands-on learning because the, the times that you're either building something or doing a science experiment or doing something like Trey described the like living in a time period kind of thing. Uh, those are all opportunities or examples of hands-on learning. And they will sometimes fall so flat, <laughs> you know, I mean, they will, but that's okay because you're learning whether or not, and I'm using air quotes here, you're learning whether or not you succeed, air quote, or you fail. And that's, that's an important concept that actually your kids will get, will get drilled into them in high school biology when they're doing experiments. There's no such thing as a failed experiment. You learn from whatever, you know, whatever the results are. And that's in life. And that's certainly in hands-on projects. And you have these opportunities and these memories and these experiences then that you can laugh at and 
just have excited, animated conversations. Because when we start talking about some of the things we've done, you know, when we're all together, it'll be, oh yeah, and I remember so-and-so did that. And I was telling so-and-so that, and then that happened. And it's just a fun memory. The other one I was thinking of um, for parents who have multiple kids and you're trying to include all your kids. One of the things we did one day, we were talking about how we could learn money you know, the different types of money and how much things cost and that. So we were brainstorming. I was brainstorming with my kids and I was telling them that when I was little, I remember collecting grocery containers. So, you know, cereal boxes, we'd have it. And we had all this stuff in our basement and we had even washed out some cans that we had taped and all this. Stuff. And my dad was really worried that we were going to get bugs in the house because we had like this grocery store downstairs of all like leftover containers. That So I remember, but we, we would play this for hours where we each had a grocery store and then we had money in that. So, so the kids were like, yeah, that sounds great. And I'm like, okay, I don't really want to do it with groceries because I think my dad was right. <laughs> but what can we do? And so we were always known for getting about 75 books out of the library every time we came, uh, every time we went to the library, which was about every three weeks. So I'm like, okay, instead of a grocery store, what about a bookstore? So this was one of the things they did that went on for years. So they would each set up their room with their bookstore and then they would price things. And so they would, so it was good because they would sit there and they would be like, originally we started with Monopoly money, but then they, they were like, no, we want it to be real money. So they had this going. But the funniest thing was my youngest, she had this little, you know, play shopping cart. And the next thing I know, she's got her hat, this floppy hat on. She has her purse because she's like the mom with all her money in this little purse. And then she has, you know, those plasticky dress up shoes that all the little girls used to wear. And we have like hardwood in the hallway and she's clomping down the thing with pushing her basket and the little purse and the droopy hat. And then she's like, are you open, sir? So then they all each had their open and closed signs whether they were open or not and so this went on but they were learning money so they were they would price everything with sticky notes because I'm like they're library books you can't tape anything to it so yeah. they'd have sticky notes and then the the thing that got even funnier is they'd buy these books and then they'd get a hold of a book that they really like so they would put their sign to closed my son would do this all closed <laughs> Then my littlest one, she just wanted to go around buying stuff to put in her car. So she's like, when are you opening? I really need books. And my son's like, two more chapters. <laughs> so, but seriously, this went on for, oh, it, it seriously, like this was one of the games that went on and on and on, but it was great because they were learning money. They were learning like how to get along, <laughs> how to negotiate oh, yeah. with other, and they would get caught up in the books it was like one of the best things ever and it just started out as a well let, why don't you guys do a bookstore instead of a grocery store because I don't want to collect all this right stuff. yeah but it was it was um I don't know one of those really great moments and my husband would be like where are the kids like after dinner I'm like oh they're playing with their bookstores <laughs> oh my gosh there's just so many things that you can learn from that it's it's yeah extrapolating is is like that's incredible that is great idea you know uh there's a lot of uh probably a lot of listeners from who live in the south of the united states and we don't have basements here that's a very uncommon thing now i grew up far enough up north that we had basements too so i can definitely uh you know picturing this in my head 
you know, even if you have just a little room or, you know, a wall that you could set something up like this, that is an awesome thing to do with younger kids. And honestly, let me encourage you, the younger you start out with this, older kids, you know, teenage years, middle, middle school and up uh, can get involved in this too. But if it's easier when you start out when they're young, because we just all tend to have more of the the element of play, you know, being able to be spontaneous and have fun when we're younger. But if you start out with that, then you kind of help develop that and maintain it and help it to grow in your kids. And especially, Tracy, as you point out, with multiple kids in different ages, it is a hoot to get the older kids working with the younger kids in something like that. Maybe the older kid can be a manager, you know, or the store owner, you know, and hire one of the younger ones. I mean, there's just different ways that game can uh, permutate. And, and they'll, they'll just, they just make it bigger and bigger. And um, as you were talking, I was thinking about one of the funniest times, like this is just so funny. My youngest daughter had decided that, okay, this, this bookstore thing is great, but we need to sell to other people because we're just exchanging money between ourselves. She was always trying to come up with ways to make money. Okay. So she said, well, can I do a lemonade stand? Okay. Well, it was a cold day. It was a Monday. Everybody's at school. And I'm like, Brooke, you can do a lemonade stand, but not today. It's, it's not going to work today. And she's like, I really want to do it. Like, please. And she's in the, you know, looking and I'm like, I don't even have lemons. And she says, you have lemon juice. Can't, can't we make something about anyways? So with my youngest, I know that a lot of times she will just persist and persist. And I thought, okay, well, she'll just learn the lesson that, you know, I don't know who's going to buy her lemonade because it's Monday. We proceed to make some funny lemonade with a bit of ice, a little bit of um, lemon juice and honey. And so they, she gets her table out. And anyway, she's sitting out there and I'm sitting on the porch and her, my other daughter, Christy's like, okay, well, I'll go sit with her. And um, it happened to be garbage day. <laughs> so she's also sitting out there and, you know, everybody's got their garbage out. And I'm like, okay, this is a disaster, but whatever. <laughs> she's going to be happy for half an hour sitting out looking around if someone's going to come buy her lemonade. So all of a sudden this car comes around the corner and it's going pretty fast, too fast for a neighborhood. And all of a sudden it goes by her and then it stops and it backs out and the guy jumps out and he's like, I was racing home because I'm so thirsty. I, I, I'm, I'm not lying to you. I'm telling you, I was so thirsty. And then you just happened to be there. And he's like, I love a glass of lemonade. So I'm like, okay, good. She sold her one cup of lemonade, whatever. Okay. So then there's these people coming down the street and I think they're developmentally delayed and I think they, they give out flyers. So there's a person driving the car and then there's like four young adults. And so they're going giving out flyers. So this person comes up, the person who's driving the car and she's like, oh, I'd like to, to you know, give lemonade to each of my workers. So there's more, five more lemonades sold. Okay. So then the next <laughs> thing, the garbage truck guy comes. I see where this is going. (laughs) So the garbage truck goes across, like he's driving by across the street. And so when he comes by and he's doing the garbage, my youngest star is not shy. She pours a thing of lemonade and she goes over to him. And I'm thinking, oh, she's not. And I'm like kind of standing up, starting to walk over. And she says to him, Sir, you've been working so hard. I wanted to give you some lemonade, a free cup of lemonade. (laughs) And so he is totally taken with her, okay? Because at the time, she might have been maybe six or something. I don't remember. (laughs) And so he says, 
well, are you selling that lemonade? She goes, I am, but I want to give this to you. And he goes, no, you just have such a big heart. And I am so, so like thirsty and so hot. I'm going to give you some money. So he goes in his pocket and all he has is a 20. Well, of course they don't have change for a 20. So she's like, no, no, you keep it. You don't have, and he goes, no, you just made my day. Here's $20. So, so she comes in the end of the day, she's made like 23 or $24. So the next Monday, Oh my gosh, Tracy. And, and the funniest thing about it was it did start to pour. So she grabs her cash box and she's in the house. And my son and I are hauling this stuff in, totally drenched, saying, Brooke, get back out here. <laughs> she so took the, the important stuff, the yeah. cash box, right? <laughs> Monday, we're, we're doing school. She goes, it's Monday because she could see the garbage out. I have to set up my lemonade stand. And I'm like, no, Brooke, there's no one. Up. She goes, mom, last week I made $24. Oh my gosh. So, so who was teaching who, right? Mm -hmm. But it was this silly thing where I'm like, okay, this isn't going to work. And it just got bigger and bigger. And I just felt, boy, that little girl, when she puts her mind to something, it just works. It was oh. just proof that she had this idea. She wanted to do it. And I just didn't feel like doing it. I didn't think it right. sense. <laughs> well, and this is something that not only had you not planned, but you were like, oh, this is never going to work. Like, you know, you were just totally putting the kibosh on it for this poor girl. And she's like, well, look what I did. <laughs> but, and part of me didn't want her to be disappointed because she's this little kid and, you know, right. at the lemonade stand and of course you want to go over, but I'm thinking there's not, and we live on a street that nobody goes on that street unless they live there. It's just the way it is there. So I'm thinking like, what are the chances on a Monday, rainy Monday afternoon, you know, like, oh my crazy, gosh, crazy. but it was just like, sometimes you just gotta let it go. And like who taught who that day? You know? Yep. Well, and that's also a perfect example of finding, finding the humor in a situation because you could have been sitting there mumbling under your breath. Oh my gosh, we could be doing something productive. And, you know, look at she's sitting, not, not telling her that, but thinking yeah. to yourself that. And even looking back on it, it's easy. Sometimes we get into these negative channels, you know, when you could have been saying, looking back on that, oh, wasn't that, that was so frustrating that she made me sit out. But no, you're looking back on this now. And Y'all, if you if you were watching Tracy during this interview, I'm getting the benefit of watching her. She is having a hoot telling us this story. And I just think that's that's a great example of looking at ourselves and finding the humor in things. Sometimes we have to do that and just to get through the day sometimes, but you know, other times it's just it's building great memories and experiences. And you don't know what's gonna what's gonna succeed and what's gonna fail sometimes, you know. But and and also those traits, like my youngest daughter, like she will just persist, persist, persist. And mm -hmm. as a parent, sometimes you just, you do get annoyed, right? But I, over the year, she's 20 now, she's in fourth year of business and she loves sales and she's great with people. And that skill from back then, that persistence that could be annoying is such a great skill for her in what she's planning to do. She mm -hmm. just... Not that she's nagging with people or anything to sell, but right. she's like, okay, well, so what exactly do you need with your phone? And then like, she just has a way. And sometimes those things that are annoying are their biggest gifts. And if we can just step back and see that, you know, in the moment sometimes that, okay, she's persistent, but what a, what a great gift to have when things are difficult in their life. What is she going to do? She's going to persist. 
right. she's going to hang in there. <laughs> this is this is a little bit of a rabbit trail, but it's relevant to what you were just talking about. The other day on the radio, I heard a story about how colleges are needing to kind of revamp how they're assessing incoming freshmen or incoming transfers because due to the pandemic there's uh, you know some schools you know the classes have gone just from graded letters to pass fail so it's skewed everybody's gpas some schools have actually closed kids had problem to get transcripts and things like that sometimes it's hard to get sats or acts taken because of social distancing and all that stuff. So colleges are really finding that they have to kind of reassess how they're looking at their students. And one of the things that they talked about is they're finding themselves looking at character traits and figuring out ways to assess students' character traits as opposed to solely looking at test scores. And how can we engage with our potential students or applicants to see what kind of character traits they have that will help them succeed in college and in their majors. That is a perfect example of that, Tracy. And I, I know you didn't intend to, to do anything with that or to teach that in that situation, but look at what this, that's exactly what happened. It would be a perfect example of, uh, you know, a story that they could share, that she could have shared if she was applying to college right now. So that's really important to, thing to think about. And, and what a great lesson, even for her, that she had this belief in something she really wanted to do. And God provided these people on that day. I mean, it was just so weird that these people happened along that day, you know, other than the garbage man. But well, yeah, <laughs> you know, and I thought, wow, what a generous garbage man. Well, yeah, <laughs> that that was tend to watch for a mate like e each week, but just to you know, see if she could go give him a drink or something. But yeah, I don't think she should count on twenty dollars every Monday no, from him. But no, and, that's, <laughs> and and the thing that was great about I think that he he wanted her to keep it and i heard the conversation as i was walking over right and he was just so taken that mm -hmm. she wanted to give him mm -hmm. and so her generosity was re rewarded you know like anyway so i i just love that story it's just it's oh. one of those precious moments of my daughter who would never give up no matter what oh and you're in an argument yeah <laughs> okay there's the flip side to that <laughs> persistence too yeah we won't go into that today <laughs> So, yeah, well, um, I think you covered this very well. And honestly, honestly, the topic really had me doing a lot of introspection because I think there's probably things that have happened in our own homeschool. And I, mean, I, I think I suffered from the take myself too seriously model. And let me encourage you to learn from Tracy on this one as opposed to me and, and really look for, just be open to looking for uh, the humor in a situation, be willing to laugh at yourself because my grandmother used to say, you know, don't worry about life, honey. You never get out of it alive. I mean, <laughs> don't worry about it. You're not going to get out of this alive. So, you know, at least try to find the chuckle in, in the situation you're in, even, even and especially during uh, the times that we're living in right now that are stressful for so many. So, uh, yeah, well, anyway, Tracy, thank you for sharing those stories with us and giving, giving us a peek into your, the humorous side of your homeschool over the years. Tracy's book, definitely you want to pick up. I'll give a link in the, the show notes, The Happy Homeschooler. This is Tracy, folks. I mean, <laughs> I, I love talking to her. I always, I finish <laughs> recording a podcast episode feeling better and more energized and encouraged, and I hope you are feeling the same way, too. So, Tracy... We're going to close with that one and uh, 
thank you so much for being so transparent with your your life and your homeschool with us. And Pat, I enjoy when you let me indulge in those moments. (laughs) (laughs) They're fun. (laughs) Well, have fun, everyone, with your homeschooling. And when you're feeling super frustrated, see if you can just step back. And what what one little thing can you do to make it better in that moment? Because each moment can be a great moment. I really believe that. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, y'all. We'll see you in the next episode then. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. That wraps up another episode of the You Can Homeschool podcast. Thanks for joining us for another candid conversation. For more information on life-changing books, courses, and coaching services, or if you have a homeschooling topic you'd like to hear discussed in a show, check our show notes for how to reach out to Pat and Tracy. 